Hi, so welcome to Spirituality as the Ultimate Upgrade. And today uh, I am speaking with Annette Sloan. I'm Fran Gallagher, and I think that conversation is one of the most exciting things around. I think that we are engaged in conversations with ourselves, with one another, and with the universe. So uh, the conversation that I am anticipating today for today with Annette, I think might be engaging and exciting for others. And so that's why we are meeting. Mm -hmm. So um, Annette Sloan, do you want to say a little bit about what you do? Sure. Uh, I am a life coach for sensitive souls, and I offer three different kinds of coaching. So one is food freedom coaching which is helping people to make peace with food and their bodies. And then I also offer uh, just general life coaching for people who are feeling lost and stuck. And then also surrender coaching for solopreneurs who have heart-centered businesses and would like to run their business from a place of trust and flow. And today, though, I think we're talking about the food freedom aspect. Yes, yes. And I'm an intuitive life coach. And the reason that I came to this subject which I'll be introducing in a moment, uh, is because I work with energy to an extent, and I can sometimes perceive the burdens we carry, if we want to say that, the energetic burdens that we, many of us, carry. So I had started out with the idea that I wanted to talk about a, the body, how it sometimes seems to have resistance to weight loss. And I approached Annette about this, and Annette turned my ideas on their heads. Um, and so we're just going to pick up where we left off with that conversation. So Annette, what happens when I talk about Weight loss, for one thing, even that phrase. <laughs> well, um, when when we first had that conversation last time, and you know, alarm bells start start going off in my head when I hear hear people talking about weight loss, and the reason is in my work as a food freedom coach, and you know, my backstory is I used to struggle with disordered relationship with food, um, and was very into super strict rules around healthy eating, and believed all the things in our culture that we're taught about how thinner bodies are healthier bodies, and healthy foods are good and unhealthy foods are bad and lots of judgment around all of it. But as I healed my own relationship with food and as I've worked with people around this over, for the past almost five years now, um, what I've learned is that this we all have these ingrained ideas from our culture around um, what type of body is an acceptable body. And we believe strongly that thinner bodies are better than bigger bodies. Um, and we think that this is grounded in science and in research about health, but the truth is it's really not. When you start to dig into what the research actually shows, what it shows is that healthy bodies come in all sizes and that healthy habits are combined with other things like circumstances in our lives and things like that, that has much more to do with how healthy we are than how much fat we have on our bodies or what size we are. And so there's this big stigma against fat bodies in our culture, and it's a social justice issue because people get treated poorly often when they're in bigger bodies, and there's 
we, we need to turn that idea of like, oh, if you're in a bigger body, your entire life purpose should be to lose weight and you can never be your best self until you're thin. That story is a dangerous one. It really, really is because again, I can perceive vitality. I can perceive life force. And I think that, as you say, life force comes in a variety of shapes and sizes. And it's about whether or not um, we are intending to be alive, mm -hmm. to, to enjoy aliveness. So one of the things that you did for me in our original conversation was to make me realize that the, my attitude about, again, even the phrase weight loss is one of manipulation. Mm -hmm. It's one of judgment. It's one of coercion and bullying that uh, we can bully our bodies into this d design uh, that meets a cultural norm. Yes. And uh, what I realized it was such a, a, it blew my mind because I have practiced a form of spirituality mm -hmm. that says that self-improvement is bullshit, that self-improvement is bullying and coercive, that we don't have to improve ourselves, that we have to allow ourselves to develop so that more of our essential aspects come up. Uh, too many people in this society of ours think that they are defined by their three-shot latte or, or what, whatever superficial thing there is. And yes, it's wonderful to have a preference like that, but that's just a layer of the personality. That's just a layer of ego that says um, that I weigh this or I drink this or I eat that. And what I've come to realize is perhaps the more important conversation is what is the message you are giving yourself mm -hmm. and how does your body respond to that message right. and if you don't like how your body is responding perhaps you have to look at the message mm -hmm. yeah I love I love all of the, what you just said mm -hmm. I agree wholeheartedly about self-improvement and it's self-abuse and the message when we're trying to lose weight is my body as it is right now is not okay. Uh-huh. And your body is going to, <laughs> it's going to insulate itself against your abuse. Right. That's one of the possible responses. Uh, I'm just having this memory right now and I have goosebumps. Uh, when I was probably 12 or 13, I started to lay out in the sun. Mm -hmm. And if, luckily you can't see this, but I am a very pale person. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get very far laying out in the sun, and I was an inventive person, I suppose you could say. <laughs> and we had a blacktop driveway. So I decided to just lie on the blacktop driveway that was hot from the sun, and I did both sides of myself. I cooked myself. <laughs> I didn't stay there very long, luckily. But that's the kind of forced um, 
bullying that I'm talking about where, you know, I wanted to have darker skin by God. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what, how we can manipulate that. Yeah. And dieting does the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, hey body, you better obey. I'm going to give you this number of calories. I'm going to burn this much. When we have the, the strict diet and exercise mentality, we are trying to force our bodies into submission. Yes. Yes. Uh, and there are people who are successful with that, mm -hmm. and they are lauded in our society. Yes, which is, it adds so many layers of shame. That does a lot of harm. One, because the people, 95% of people who lose weight on a diet will gain the weight back. So there's this very short period, and this is proven by science. You can look at long-term studies. So there's this very short period where we can say, you know, our society says, oh, you lost weight, you look so great. And the person then gets this identity, all this like affirmation, yay, I did something good, I lost weight, I'm in a thinner body. And then what happens in six months or a year when they've gained the weight back? And then they're like, but I, it's now even more reinforced that they're not good enough in a bigger body because all of a sudden the compliments stop, people have stopped commenting on their body and all they can remember this is like, oh, back when I was thin, mm. everybody complimented wow. me. You know, uh, I have, well, I'm slim now, mm -hmm. and I have been very thin. When I was a teenager, I was anorexic. And a few times as an adult, I got really thin. And I have a, one friend I completely trust on this, and she'll see me and she'll say, Fran, you're too thin. Mm -hmm. uh, but... I remember um, one time I went through something very stressful. I went through a divorce and I got, I lost a lot of weight in a short period of time. I was very, very thin. And people would say, oh, you're, you look so fit. You look like you're in great shape. And it, it was, it really hurt me. It, it hurt my brain because I've been in shape before. And I know what it feels like to feel strong. And being a skinny person who is stressed out, that's not fitness. Mm -hmm. That's not being in shape. Mm -hmm. And it was so weird to be misread that way. Right. With such enthusiasm. Yes. Yes. I saw a tweet the other day. Someone said, um, I had cancer for two years before I knew it. And I lost a lot of weight, and people kept complimenting me and saying how great I looked. Wow. And then I finally realized I lost weight because I had cancer and I'm really sick. Wow. Uh, and, you know, speaking of which, um, when I was anorexic, one of the things that I would feel, and again, I've got goosebumps, is if I got sick, if I got the flu, or at the time I drank a lot, if I drank a lot and got sick from that and did that maybe two times on the weekend, um, anything that would threaten my health, I would feel myself, I know we use this term, but it's the only term I can say is that I felt like I was circling the drain. I, I felt as if my vitality was leaving me and it wouldn't take much to push me over. And I know that feeling, and I, I don't have that feeling anymore, but I know that feeling. 
And I met someone who had a uh, metabolic disorder who couldn't uh, gain weight. Uh, he was just beyond lean. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that feeling, a feeling like you have no reserves. Right, right. And I, I, I don't wish that on anyone, and I don't wish that on myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we forget because we villainized fat so much in our culture. Mm -hmm. We forget that it is reserves. Protection. Yes, yes. And not to shame anybody who's thin. We all have our natural body type, but you have to keep in mind, you know, all the positive things there are about being in a bigger body. So, but I do want to say that I'm going to have a bias for lean or for slim, that I am still going to, um, I'm not saying this is good or bad, uh, right or wrong, but I, I do make careful food choices. I, and most people don't believe this, but I, I have been a lot bigger. And I know what leads to big, and I know what leads to um, more slim, more lean. And I've learned to accept, uh, I would say, golly, uh, I would guess about a 10 to 15 pound variation um, for me, just depending upon my situation, wh where I am with my habits, right. any of that. And I try not to uh, make it wrong. Um, and, and I realize this is a luxury that, that uh, someone listening could feel like, well, well, then what the hell are you talking about? Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm talking about how, uh, about how do we have a body with an honest relationship with our body as opposed to a co coercive, mm -hmm. shaming, blaming, um, bullying relationship with our bodies. Well, I, I love that question because I think... I, I want to be careful here. I, would, I think it is, I, I still, I eat healthy foods most of the time. I don't have the rules about it that I used to. And if I want a cookie or whatever, I have it and it's not a big deal. But um, I think when we are in an aligned relationship with our bodies and we're really in touch, then we can eat what we want, what our bodies want. We can kind of start to yes. make that distinction between what does my mind want? What are my yes. mind's rules? What are the shoulds? what might be emotional cravings, not judging any of it, but then also be connecting with what does my body want? Mm -hmm. What will make me feel good? Yes. And then if we do that, whatever size our body lands at, great. Yes, yes. Uh, that's what I feel like I'm moving toward. So um, the other reason this came up for me is I recently thought, and I still think, that I had something called SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth. And anybody out there who has experienced anything like that, it is miserable. It's super duper miserable. And I am a bit allergic to doctors, so I tried to figure this out on my own. And I went through a number of diagnoses before I got to that diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I went on this diet that's called the biphasic diet. And what you're supposed to do is not eat any kind of food that has a strong cell wall. So not eat sweet potatoes. And I live on sweet potatoes to an extent. 
um, not eat avocados, not eat potatoes, potato chips. Uh, I thought I was making a good healthy food choice when I chose plantain chips and I couldn't eat that. Uh, so I did this biphasic diet and it may be why I'm in great shape now. I feel like I'm in really good sh shape. But for me, the two things that helped were a, um, an herbal remedy called Biocidin, B-I-O-C-I-D-I-N, and the herb Berberine. And I take those before I eat. And then I also am careful about how much of the um, foods that have a strong cell wall that I eat. Mm -hmm. But what I discovered is that foods that have a strong cell wall, A, make us feel full, and B, stay with us. Mm -hmm. And this horrible diet, I, I was mainly eating meat, and uh, I wasn't even sure I could eat lettuce because I, I can't afford to be sick. I have to work. Right. And this SIBO was making me sick. So anyway, I found the hunger from that diet to be humiliating and debilitating. I couldn't eat every two hours and work, and that's what my body wanted. Mm -hmm. So it may be that the fact that I was on that diet helped my gut heal, mm -hmm. and so let's bless that time. Right. But it brought me to this elemental uh, respect for our body's need for food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not, I realize that most of us live at the level of preference. Mm -hmm. I, I can't, I am also gluten-free, I'm dairy-free, uh, we won't go into what else free. And I can't say, oh, I feel like having Mexican tonight. Right. I'm off that whole plan and have been for a couple, for quite a few years. So anyway, it, I think that in our society, we've risen above, so much above the level of need mm -hmm. that we're not in touch with some basic things like you're talking about. Like what, what does my body want? What does my body need? Right. Right. And there's so many choices when we go to the store. Yes. That it's overwhelming. And we do, we have learned to make choices from a whole lot of other things. Maybe budget, maybe preference, maybe what we grew up eating, maybe what we think is healthy, maybe we like this package, you know, the branding is pretty, whatever. And in the store, <laughs> how often are we actually thinking like, this body, <laughs> what does this right. body want? Right. And, and... I am far away from that. I remember um, as a kid I did a lot of extreme things and I cut out sugar completely. And I've cut out everything. I cut out fat completely. I didn't realize that, you know, we need that we have to have essential fatty acids. Uh, I I cut out salt completely. And when I reintroduced salt I had a moment of literally being in touch with my stomach, the mm -hmm. organ that's at the base of our esophagus, one part of our esophagus. And I want to tell you that my stomach responded to the salt with gratitude. Mm -hmm. It was like, 
thank you. And a few times, just a few times, I've had enough mindfulness because I don't have enough mindfulness. I, just, I especially after I just went through this hunger, I have noticed that I eat desperately these days and I'm trying to work with <laughs> you will get food again Fran uh, but to have I've had this experience of my stomach just thanking me being mm. grateful to have the food in it wow that's so beautiful um, I'm wondering about the eating desperately also if that's not something that needs to change Oh, of course. Right? It's okay. You're by, you're, you're, we're always on this pendulum swing. Right. So it's, it's balancing out that extreme hunger right now. Yes. That's yes. okay. That's beautiful. And so, I, by the way, I also fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have been surprised how many people I've run into who have handled digestive issues that might be SIBO, might be other things by intermittently fasting mm -hmm. and I've been doing that for many years off and on uh, I can't say I'm fasting uh, because it's a few days after Christmas and there ain't been no fasting mm -hmm. going on uh, but you know what I do sometimes is I pick a day of the week uh, and I stop eating in the evening and I don't resume eating until the uh, morning of the second day mm -hmm. That's what I used to do a long time ago, and it was much easier when I did yoga. Mm. There's this weird thing that when I feel like I'm physically fit, my body responds to everything better. Right. But when I'm not physically fit, my body, I swear, it's more hungry. It, it wants more things that aren't good for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense in a way because... Hunger is kind of this, this very primal, elemental thing. And if we haven't been intentionally trying to reconnect with our bodies and it, by doing practices like yoga or mindful body meditation or you know, whatever it is, then the body's like, okay, like I'm going to go to the mo most basic signal that I can send you. Feed me. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I, I think we're talking about something really complex and that there are so many other experiences that could be part of this conversation. Right. Yeah. One of the things I've learned to do is to be curious about my hunger. Mm -hmm. And when is it physical and biological? And there's a particular hunger. I noticed it the other day and I forgot what the circumstances were. But it's a gnawing hunger that is about a dissatisfaction with something that is or is not going on in my life mm. in that in that moment or that day or whatever right. it could have been christmas <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but i think um being able to discern different types of hunger yes and speaking of if we go back to the name of the podcast you know it's about spirituality and i think there's a lot of reasons why as a culture we have such a disordered relationship with food and our priorities are really unbalanced. And I think one of them is that we're really spiritually hungry. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I just spoke in Todos Santos, Mexico mm -hmm. at the Women Awakening Conference. 
And I spoke on birth and death, portals between the worlds. Mm. And I became a minor celebrity after I spoke. People came up to me and said, thank you for making me feel like I'm not crazy. Mm. Thank you for talking about what I've always sensed but was afraid to say. Our society has these um, prohibitions against talking about like real hunger right and, and death these things are real yes and you know again this hunger that i felt i mean i wish i i, I wondered if earlier if i was going to say that it was humiliating which is a weird word to use mm. but see i grew up with not enough food and i was hungry all the time um the kids in my neighborhood, they would walk outside with a snack, and I would just stare at their food, and I'd watch them eat casually, how they were casual, and all I wanted, even at the age of like eight, was to be casual about food. Mm. But I couldn't be. Um, a girl had me spend the night, and again, I was probably eight, nine, ten, something like that. Her dad made pancakes. And he made, he, they counted how many I ate. I ate 32 pancakes. Wow. I was so hungry all the time. Yes. It of was, course. It, and it, it's embarrassing to be that hungry when the world around you, everybody else is uh, well fed. And I, I think about people who have disordered eating who have that kind of hunger. Mm-hmm. And they may not be eight years old. Right. Uh, they, and they may not. Uh, like I, I'm complaining about this hunger that I experienced and I was lean. How do you make it make sense in your head if you have that kind of hunger and you're not lean? Mm. Well, I think that's really hard because our culture, if you have that kind of hunger when you are thin, then then there's like a, a compassion and there must be something going on and you know, let's help this person. If you have that kind of hunger when you're in a bigger body, the right. message is good. Like, keep, stay hungry. You need yes. to not be eating. You should lose weight. And that's oh, physically, mentally, spiritually, that does so much damage. Yes. Yeah. I can't, well, I guess I can imagine to an extent. I just think that we have a lot of ideas about what we are and are not supposed to experience. Yes. Yes, I I agree completely. And I'm wondering, I I never experienced food insecurity in the way that you did, but I can relate in a little way in that when I used to be so obsessed with being a perfect healthy eater and I had very strict food rules and I didn't want to eat too much and I was restricting my intake and all of that, um, I would swing to the other side and binge. So I would go back forth, back and forth on this pendulum and so I can relate to something like eating 32 pancakes with a huge sense of uh, shame and self-loathing but also an out of control sense of I couldn't stop. and both sides of those pendulums is, you know, hopefully we can, our culture kind of encourages those extremes to a way, well, encourages the extreme over here of the restriction. And then naturally when we have the opportunity, we swing to the other side because life is always trying to find balance. But my 
goal for if we could change this this aspect of society is that we could come back to the center and just have these swings that are much less drastic around oh my body's hungry what would it like right. to eat and then come back to okay let me feed it an, an adequate amount so i feel satisfied and then move on right 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 you know the thing that i'm doing with fasting is i only fast on a day when i'm really busy Hmm. And it's so nice to not worry about feeding this rather overly, perhaps, anyway, this sensitive body that I have. Mm -hmm. Because I I can't just go to McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And I have to be careful about what I eat. So anyway, I think we have such an emphasis on the need for food. What if we don't need it quite the way we have built it up in our heads? Yes. (laughs) It's, It's... and then what I love is pressing the reset button. Fasting for me mm-hmm. is pressing the reset button. And by the way, the, the particular fast I'm doing is a 36-hour fast, mm-hmm. but I've also done uh, 17-hour fasts where you um, stop. Um, I, I can't do the math right now, but you stop sometime in the afternoon, and you can resume eating a lot sooner, and you're using the night you're then while you're sleeping that presses the reset button also um this 36 hour fast seems to be part of why i no longer have the symptoms of SIBO Mm. uh that's why i i had a healer say stop eating this restricted diet and just fast once a week Mm. (laughs) it was like oh because i used to do that right so and i i haven't been able to do once a week uh I'm figuring it out. Right. But she was saying the only way your gut is going to heal is if you stop putting things in it for a little while. Give it a break. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been working. And I just, I I don't know. Anyway, uh, we need to wrap this up. And uh, I love this conversation, Annette. Thank you so very much. Me too. Thank you for having me, Fran. You are welcome. So what I'm hoping to do is do some webinars in the coming year and uh, have Annette join me and perhaps some other people. Um, Something about decoding the messages we're giving our bodies Mm. and how to love our bodies, how to love ourselves and accept ourselves and um, quit feeding your body uh, what it doesn't want. Um, I have a spiritual teacher, and he hasn't said this in quite a while, but he used to always say, leave yourself alone. Mm-hmm. Like, quit picking at yourself. Mm-hmm. You're like a bad sibling, you know? He doesn't say that. I'm just saying that we are. Right. So how can you live so that you feel good about yourself and your body can breathe mm-hmm. and relax? Mm-hmm. So, Annette, uh, thank you so much. As I said, I hope you'll be joining me in some webinars in the coming year. And uh, thank you for um, blowing my head up <laughs> and doing it gently and then uh, giving me this opportunity to share this with other people. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>